Welcome to The Daily Dose, natural health tips from clinicians, researchers, and faculty at the Southwest College of Naturopathic Medicine and Health Sciences. Evidence-based care brought to you by the SCNM Medical Center, Neil Vernon Center for Regenerative Medicine, and the Medicinary at SCNM, your trusted source for physician-grade vitamins, natural supplements, and herbal remedies. We're your hosts, Janet and Chris. On today's episode of the Daily Dose podcast, we welcome Dr. Elizabeth Rice. Dr. Rice, thank you so much for joining us today. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Sure, Chris. Thanks so much. Uh, my name is Dr. Elizabeth Rice, and I'm a naturopathic physician. Um, I have specialized my practice using homeopathy, and I treat every condition under the sun, from infants to elders, general medicine to mental health, autoimmunity, infertility, acute illness, you name it. I'm not limited in what conditions I see and I treat. That's awesome. And now you mentioned you focus your practice in something called homeopathy. Could you explain what homeopathy is for the listeners out there who may not know? Absolutely. So homeopathy is an evidence-based, incredibly safe and effective form of natural medicine. Our medicines are made from natural substances like plants and minerals. For example, lycopodium is a common homeopathic remedy that's made from club moss, and phosphorus is a common homeopathic remedy, and that's the mineral phosphorus. And these can be used to treat a variety of conditions from acute infectious illness to chronic disease. And homeopathy is very safe. It's safe for use in children, animals, and even pregnant women. And when it's applied correctly, it is so, so effective. I have seen colds go away overnight, severe eczema heal, anxiety and depression just vanish, and even chronic constipation from a condition like multiple sclerosis improved dramatically. It's a truly magnificent medicine, and anyone who has witnessed or experienced the effects will definitely agree with me. Wow, it seems like homeopathy is a one-size-fits-all modality. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, it's really great. Like I said, since it can treat so many variety of conditions and it's so, so safe, uh, a number of my patients, I've even treated their animals, they're like, hey, can you help my cat? My cat has, um, you know, eczema. And so I've treated a number of animals of my patients as well. Wow, I never even heard um, homeopathy treating animals, but that's really incredible. Yeah. I feel like right now people are hunting for information and I would love to give them some type of history of homeopathy and how it has played a vital role in pandemics. Awesome. And that's a great question, Chris. And I'm really glad to have this opportunity to share how effective homeopathy has been with previous epidemics and pandemics. And, you know, given what's going on right now, we don't quite know how homeopathy will be with our, our COVID or coronavirus pandemic. But historically, homeopathy has an astonishingly low mortality rates associated with diseases like influenza, cholera, smallpox, diphtheria, typhoid fever, yellow fever, and even pneumonia. And we have over 10,000 references for the homeopathic treatment of these diseases. So if you don't mind, I kind of want to share a few statistics with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> awesome. So um, there was a typhoid fever epidemic, and this was in 1813, and it was ravishing a city in Germany called Leipzig. And the mortality rate was about 15%, but in some areas, the mortality rate actually went up to 100%. So if you caught typhoid fever in that area, you were most certain to die. Um, Samuel Hahnemann, who was actually the founder of homeopathy, was living in Leipzig at the time, and he treated 183 cases himself, and not one single person died. So he had a 0% mortality rate for that disease. 
which is kind of incredible. Um, There was also a cholera epidemic in Cincinnati in 1849. Um, That death rate was 50%. And we have a documentation of 2,646 cases that were treated with homeopathy and only 35 deaths, which is a 0.0132% death rate. Uh, and compared to 50%. And you know, this was in, you know, 1849 and conventional medicine has come leagues from where it was then. So by sharing these numbers with you, I don't want to show comparison between homeopathy and conventional medicine, but just what mortality rates were at the time and then what our mortality rate with homeopathy is. Right. Um, I have another example of an epidemic. It was called malignant scarlet fever, which is the most severe form of scarlet fever. Um, this is in 1849, and it was the leading cause of death among children that year. So 90% of these kiddos that would contract malignant scarlet fever, they would die. Um, and those who survived um, were crippled usually for life. It was a horrific disease. And Adolf Lippe, an excellent homeopath in his time, and in fact, of, of all homeopaths, he had 150 cases himself, and again, without a single death, which um, for a mortality rate of 90% of a disease to not have a single death is really, really amazing. And then probably the most compelling evidence for the use of homeopathy in a worldwide pandemic would be the Spanish flu of 1918. And I'm sure many of our listeners um, have heard about this Spanish flu because it was the most devastating global pandemic um, in history. And so there's been a lot of references to it lately. They estimated at that time around 20 to 50 million people died from this virus, which is approximately more people than who had died civilians and military in World War I. Um, and we have reports from conventional medicine where the mortality rate was as low as 5.8% um, for the Spanish flu. And then other reports where it hovered right around 7 or 8%. Um, and the mortality with the homeopathic treatment was 0.7%, less than 1%. And this is including the whole population. This is the young and the old. And even in pregnant women, mortality rate was less than 1%. And the Spanish flu was incredibly dangerous for pregnant women um, at that time. And so I just want to remind you that homeopathy, again, is incredibly safe, can be used in pregnant women, and was really, really helpful in that pandemic. The last thing I want to mention about homeopathy and pandemics um, is its use in pneumonia. So before antibiotics, the mortality rate of pneumonia was 24.3%, and the advent of of antibiotics was incredibly beneficial to treat pneumonia. Um, Currently, with conventional care, it's right around 13.7%, which seems a little bit high, but you have to consider that most devastating for is the elderly. And so that's why numbers are still pretty high for pneumonia. And our mortality rate that we see with pure homeopathic treatment for pneumonia is about 0.4%, again, less than a percent. And I do have a colleague who has been practicing for as long as I've been alive. Um, And he states that no one should ever die from pneumonia, especially if they're under the care of a competent homeopathic physician. So I think these numbers are incredible, and it just shows the the benefit of homeopathy in acute infectious disease. And there are so many different cases of the numbers being so incredible. Now, when you go through the history of this, are there certain homeopathic remedies that these people are using during this time? Why do you think it's so effective? That's a really great point and it sounds like you know what you're talking about Chris <laughs> so yes in general when we see these uh, pandemics we have um, specific remedies that tend to come to the forefront and are used most often 
Um, for example, in the Spanish flu, gelsemium, which is a homeopathic remedy that's very effective for influenza, was one of the most widely used remedies back in that time. And there's even reports of giving people who had not contracted the virus yet the homeopathic medicine, and they never actually got the disease. So was it helpful in, in terms of a homeopathic prophylaxis? We're not entirely sure, but we, we have seen it in uh, other cases like scarlet fever and scarlatina where homeopathic remedy given to people have actually prevented them from getting the illness. So in a time of COVID-19, is the homeopathic community doing something in order to respond to this pandemic? Yeah, excellent question, Chris. So yeah, all over the world, the homeopaths, have, we're starting to like unite and communicate and gather cases and cases that they're seeing, cases that they're treating. Uh, there's reports of a colleague of mine who's in New England and uh, working with his colleagues in Europe. They've treated 136 confirmed cases of COVID. Um, and what's great about their cases is none of them have progressed to severe or critical disease, which is fantastic, right? Um, so we're starting to become more hopeful that maybe homeopathy can be beneficial in a pandemic like COVID. Um, they're starting to see uh, similar remedies popping up. It's called the genus epidemicus. Um, and so we're, we're trying as a whole international homeopathic community to, to come together, share information and figure out A, is homeopathy effective in this pandemic and B, what can we do and how can we start treating patients um, you know, like on a more local level and within the SCNM community. Right. And now on the same topic as patients, as you have practiced homeopathy over your entire medical career, and you have probably seen countless cases where it has treated your patients effectively and non-invasively, could you talk to us about how you have seen homeopathy work with your patients and possibly dive into those specific cases? Awesome. Which case should I give you? <laughs> There's like so many rattling through my mind. Um, I have a recent case of a child with pneumonia and that might be helpful in light of what's happening um, these days. Yeah, um, and she had, right. And she had presented to my clinic with a cough and really no other symptoms, which in my book is a really easy case to treat. So I gave her a homeopathic medicine, followed up with her and she wasn't improving like I anticipated she would. So I gave her a different one um, and still no improvement, which is just really unusual for simple cases of, of a viral cough. Um, and then her mom proceeded to tell me she's had abdominal pain um, with this cough since she's gotten sick, but they just figured it was muscle pain from all the coughing. And any good physician should know that a child with a cough and abdominal pain needs to be evaluated for pneumonia. So I sent her for a chest x-ray, was positive for pneumonia. I retook her homeopathic case, taking in all of her symptoms and the new diagnosis of pneumonia, prescribed a new homeopathic medicine, and she was recovered within two days. Um, what's really interesting about this case is dad's kind of on the fence about homeopathic treatment. And, you know, he's like, I think we need antibiotics. I think we need antibiotics. <laughs> Gave the homeopathic remedy. She was well recovered. No more cough, no fever, no symptoms. Um, she's still my patient. I see her, you know, every four months or so, and she's happy, healthy, and well. So um, that was a really great case. What is your go-to wellness exercise? We're trying to give the listeners at home something new to try. Oh, I've got a really fun one for you, and I'm hoping you'll try it today, Chris. Okay. Um, so my husband and I call it Purple Drink. He's a firefighter, and one of the guys on his truck, um, he kind of got us into this. Um, so you need a high-powered blender, 
as many different vegetables as you can stuff into the blender, add a little bit of water and make sure you throw a beet in there because that's what makes it purple. Um, blend it all up and drink it. And what's interesting is because it's just vegetables, everyone's like, oh God, how could that taste? And you know, I was a former huge lover of green smoothies and I couldn't have fathomed not putting a little bit of fruit to sweeten the smoothie. Um, but I tell you, purple drink is delicious. And I think the key is, is adding lemon. Um, and so we're, I'm drinking approximately about a half a pound of veggies every day, um, which is amazing. And we've been doing it now for three, almost four months. And wow. the biggest thing that I've noticed is a decrease in my general body pains, like my, my knee pain and my back pain after a long day of work would be like achy and sore. Mm -hmm. All of that's gone. So it's really amazing, super easy. And Cheers to purple drink. <laughs> Why do you think it's given you these benefits? That's a great question. Um, I think it's either a combination of all the micronutrients. So when we look at a vegetable, the more colorful the vegetable is, green, white, yellow, red, um, orange, and we try to put the, the rainbow of colors into our drink. Um, those micronutrients and those phytonutrients and antioxidants, I think are one reason might be really, really healthy. And another thought is the increase in fiber. So one great way to treat arthritis pain is to increase fiber in your diet. And so in, by increasing my diet with a half a pound of vegetables, I think I've increased the fiber in my diet. <laughs> yeah, I think that'll suffice, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I definitely need to try this out today. I guess I'll be headed to the store here soon. Yep. Oh, and be sure to get organic produce just as a FYI. Okay. Thank you. Dr. Rice, it's been an absolute pleasure picking your brain today about homeopathy. We thank you for your time and your expertise. Stay well and healthy, okay? You too, Chris. Thanks much. Until next time, take care of yourself and each other. This has been Janet. And this is Chris. Tune in tomorrow for another episode of The Daily Dose Podcast.